Happy Top 10 Tuesday here on the EP Podcast. What's up? I'm Austin Horton. Thanks for tuning in each and every day. I really, truly do appreciate it. It's so much fun doing this uh, little show every day. Uh, just to, uh, even if, you know, even if I'm not reaching as many people as my mind thinks I am, I'm at least still staying in practice, so to speak, and ready to be called up to the big leagues again, if and when that ever happens. So really enjoying doing this, and thank you so much for the support. I had a good friend ask me yesterday uh, what my long-term goals and plans are, and it got me thinking, uh, I'm not sure they've changed much. I still have long-term goal and plan of being a, a drive-time uh, afternoon show host or morning show host at some point uh, for a long, long time. Uh, that's what I've wanted to do for a long time. That's what I'm going to want to do for a long, long time. Uh, it, and I wouldn't hate having an opportunity come along to be a play-by-play announcer at some point, too. But uh, I, I'd be lying to you if I, didn't te- if I didn't admit that when this all started back in March... If I didn't have second guesses and self-doubts about it and wonder if I'm in the right line of work, I, st- I think I am. Uh, and I enjoy- because I enjoy it, uh, I think that it's fun. Uh, I think it's important, not saving the world important, but I think it's, uh, it serves its purpose in helping people, you know, s- 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 with similar likes and hobbies as mine and interest in sports to get along and and find a way to, I hate the term, find a way to escape these days, but find a way to healthily escape <laughs> and get their mind uh, focused on something that ultimately doesn't matter so that then they have the most, the more energy to focus on the things that do ultimately matter. But anyway, a little tangent there to start a Tuesday. Not sure where that came from, but just wanted to say thank you for allowing me this spot and this platform to be able to still chase my dream. I appreciate it. We got a lot to talk about today, it being a Top 10 Tuesday. We got 10 stories coming your way. As always, Story 5 will be something random, not sports-related, but Stories 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, I've put into a randomizer at random.org, and they'll, it'll, list, uh, it'll spin the little wheel for us and uh, tell us, spin the little wheel, is that what I said? And tell us which story is coming next. But as always, story five will be something fun and random right in the middle, not sports related. But before we get into the top 10, we need to tell you what happened today in sports history. And June 16th was an exciting day. June 16th, 1970, a sobering day uh, is where we'll start with as Brian Piccolo died on this date in 1970 at the age of just 26 from testicular cancer. The Bears running back and his friendship with Gail Sayers were immortalized in the TV movie Brian's Song, uh, which is an absolute must-see with the box of tissues, by the way, uh, for the waterworks that'll come movie. Uh, my uncles, David and Jeff, uh, played football in high school together, and one wore Gail Sayers' number, one wore Brian Piccolo's number, uh, because that's how much that story meant to them, and it's a good story. It's a great story, and... Brian Piccolo uh, is a beacon of hope and a beacon of light to a lot of people. June 16th, 1978, Reds pitcher Tom Seaver threw a no-hitter in a 4 nothing win over the Cardinals at Riverfront Stadium. The only no-hitter of Tom Seaver's Hall of Fame career. And June 16th, 2000, or excuse me, 1998, the Detroit Red Wings won the Stanley Cup Finals in a sweep over the Washington Capitals. But what was cool about that is they uh, brought out uh, Vladimir Konst- Konstantinov onto the ice to be with the team in the celebration. And earlier in the year, he'd been paralyzed after being in a limousine accident. 
along with the team uh, massage therapist. Uh, and, and even this Colorado Avalanche fan's heart was touched by that moment uh, for the Detroit Red Wings and Konstantinov. And June 16th, 2008, I still remember where I was, what I was doing. I'm sure you do as well. Tiger Woods won his third U.S. Open, beating Rocco Mediate in sudden death at Torrey Pines in San Diego. Uh, there you go. This day in sports history for the day of June 16th. All right, time to spin that wheel. See what comes our way first here on a Top 10 Tuesday. I'm going to say this right now and hope that I end up being wrong. But as of this moment, Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in baseball's history and might be the worst commissioner in North American sports history. This guy is terrible uh, from the way he did not handle the uh, Astros and Red Sox scandals to how he is currently uh, mishandling the labor dispute. And that's what it is right now, by the way. It's a labor dispute between the players and owners trying to decide if they're going to get a season going this year or not. Rob Manfred's the worst. And as of right now, it looks as though there is not going to be uh, a Major League Baseball season. But last week... Rob Manfred, not not six days ago, Rob Manfred told ESPN, quote, we will 100% be having an, uh, a baseball season, that he was 100% certain that there was going to be a season. Well, five days later, yesterday, he told ESPN he's having serious doubts about the likelihood of there being a Major League Baseball season. That right there tells you just how out of touch, unaware, and unqualified he is for his position. Uh, it, it's all or nothing right now from the owners, and it's all or nothing right now from the players, and what they need is a strong leader in the middle, and the commissioner, Rob Manfred, is not capable of being that and does not appear to want to be capable of being that. I'm really starting to worry there's not going to be a baseball season this year, and I also wonder if that means there's not going to be one next year. Rob Manfred, you're the worst. Dallas Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott tested positive for coronavirus, according to various media reports, and his agent confirmed it uh, in an interview. Rocky Arsenault told the NFL Network that he, his client, uh, had tested positive for COVID. Well, Ezekiel Elliott took to Twitter and tweeted out HIPAA, question mark, question mark, referencing Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, which by law prevents medical record keepers from making patient information public. It doesn't apply to his agent. A lot of people thought, oh, he's calling out his agent. That's not what he was doing. His agent is not held by law to not divulge medical records. It's the medical record keeper that's held by law to not divulge those and make it public. And that's, it was a lot of reports that were coming in to which Ezekiel Elliott and his agent decided it'd be better for his agent to just address it and say, yeah, it's happening, rather than have uh, continued digging into his background and into his life. But yeah, someone violated HIPAA. And by the way, there's a lot of people during this coronavirus situation that have violated HIPAA. Uh, From an employer standpoint to uh, a medical standpoint, your employer nor your doctor or whoever medically that sees you they neither can divulge your medical records to the public in any way, shape, or form. That's what HIPAA means. That's why it's in place. 
And there's been a lot of HIPAA violation going on, especially in the sports world. Uh, but from celebrities to athletes to politicians, look, when, when you're in the spotlight, when you're under that magnifying glass, you kind of expect to, your privacy to, to be lost somewhat. It's not right, but it does make sense to some degree that you lose a bit of your privacy when you're in such a spotlight. I disagree with people just violating the laws and throwing your personal stuff out there. But, you know, that, 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 I guess it's part of the territory, unfortunately. Good news for tennis fans and great news for uh, fans of live sports and the hope that it will be coming back our way and reopening in the near future. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo gives, uh, has said that the U.S. Open is going to be held on its scheduled date starting in late August there in New York as part of the state's reopening from shutdowns caused by the pandemic. The U.S. Tennis Association had decided to go forward with its marquee event in New York City without spectators, of course, pending the OK from the state. But with Cuomo saying go ahead, that means August 31st through September 13th in Queens, New York, the U.S. Open will be held without fans, but you can watch it on TV. And that is really, really exciting news. It's one more step in the right direction to hopeful return to having fans live at sporting events like we're seeing them do in New Zealand. We need to follow New Zealand's example a little bit better. They haven't had a COVID confirmed COVID case in months uh, and therefore they're back to normal. And th when we get little news like this, it's actually a big news story that we're going to have the U S open as planned from uh, the end of August to the middle of September in New York. That is terrific. Wonderful news. I don't know what I'm missing here. I'm not as tapped into the uh, local high school football coaching tree and, and goings on, but there's something kind of weird that took place in Bountiful uh, that that caught my eye. This from our good friend Sean Walker of KSL reporting that former Bountiful football head coach Tyler Hughes has a new job and he is going to be reporting to one Mr. Bill Belichick in Foxborough, Massachusetts, as he's been hired to be a new coaching assistant with the New England Patriots. Uh, ESPN's Mike Reese uh, uh, reported it uh, first. But here's where, and that's great news. Congrats to the Hughes family and Tyler Hughes. It's wonderful. It's great that he could find gainful employment in the NFL. That's great news. I'm confused, though, as to how and why he's getting that job, because in two seasons at Bountiful, Hughes led the Braves to an incredible nine wins and 13 losses record. Uh, he started the 19 season one and four. They bounced back to w go to five and seven in, in his final season, uh, including a two and three mark in region five. Uh, play the Braves have gone just 16 and 27 since legendary head coach Larry Wall retired in 2015. Uh, prior to his time with the Braves, Hughes was also head coach at Snow College and Division II Minot State in North Dakota. Uh, so yeah, he's he's not had great success, and yet here he is bouncing from a nine and 13 record in high school to be an assistant coach for the New England Patriots. Something weird there. It just goes to show it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that, I don't mean to say that Tyler Hughes doesn't know football. I'm just saying 9-13, and 13, going from Bountiful High School in Utah to catching the eye of Bill Belichick in the NFL. You know somebody. You got to know somebody 
in that game in order to to get uh, from a nine and thirteen high school coach to be an assistant coach at the NFL level. And uh, I don't begrudge him. Congrats to the Hughes family and good luck there in Massachusetts. That brings us to story five here on an EP podcast, Top 10 Tuesday. And I, I, I hesitated to make this the fifth story this week because we did recently have a similar story here on the podcast. But it's of interest to me and I think it's kind of fun to go down the list. So I thought we would do it anyway. This, uh, according to thedailymill.com, they spoke... Uh, with uh, a company called CandyStore.com that tracks the sales of candy across the world. Now, what they did is they found the best-selling candy by state in the United States of America over the last year. So each and every state's best-selling candy, what candy we buy the most of in each and every state. And I thought it was interesting to just share the results with you. So the number one selling candy in the United States of America uh, so far this year is surprising to me. With 13 states, M&Ms, Arkansas, Colorado, Illinois, Maine, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington, and Wisconsin, their number one selling candy is M&Ms. Coming in at the second Highest sold candy in America. Uh, this one made sense to me. Skittles had 10 states. Alabama, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Indiana, Massachusetts, North Carolina, Rhode Island, South Carolina. The one that I th- would have guessed would be first. And it's third with seven states. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Alaska, Nevada, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Wyoming. Snickers and Sour Patch Kids are tied with four states each. Kansas, Maryland, New Mexico, New York like Snickers. Delaware, Louisiana, Nebraska, North Dakota like Sour Patch Kids. Jolly Ranchers, three states. California, Vermont, West Virginia. Kit Kat, Starburst, and Twix all have two states each. Kit Kat goes to Connecticut and Missouri. Starburst, Idaho, and Iowa. And Twix to Minnesota and Utah. And three candies left that each have one state. Swedish Fish. Kentucky, Hershey Bar, Michigan, and Milky Way, New Hampshire. There you go. The highest selling candy by state. Uh, let me know. I don't. Do you agree that is Twix? Did Twix make sense to you to be the highest sold uh, number of candy in the in Utah? Twix. I don't know. I would have gone with Skittles uh, or Starburst. Just seems like all the parties I went to growing up always had those around. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, like I said earlier, but M and M. Skittles, Reese's, Snickers, Sour Patch Kids, Jolly Rancher, Kit Kat, Starburst, Twix, Swedish Fish, Hershey Bar, Milky Way. There you go. That's how the 50 states in these here United States of America buy their candy. That's the random fifth story of the week right here on an EP podcast, Top 10 Tuesday. Spin the wheel. Let's get to the second half of the Top 10. Just a quick little story here. I don't know much of anything about Caleb Lohner other than he was a really good basketball player for Wasatch Academy. His dad is now employed at BYU, and therefore Caleb Lohner has been let out of his national letter of intent with the Utes, and it's assumed that he'll be joining the ranks of the BYU Cougars next season. I don't know if he's going to pan out to be much of anything, uh, I, he could be, there could, this could be a lot of noise about someone who's average. I don't know. 
You never know how these kids pan out and how they play. Uh, I do know he'll have to get a haircut unless BYU changes its honor code uh, requirements down there. Uh, same with Brandon Averett, who uh, is leaving, went from Oklahoma to UVU now to BYU. I think it's dumb that they'll have to get haircuts, but, you know, that's BYU's grooming standards, whatever. Uh, but any, anyway, that's about all I know. We'll have to see how this pl- pans out. Will he even be at BYU? I don't know. But the, the news here is that Utah did release him completely from his NLI for the Utes. This is a really cool story. Over in uh, England, Marcus Rashford, he plays for Manchester United. He's a soccer player over there. And Parliament had voted to withdraw the free meals plan from schools during the pandemic shutdown. Well, Marcus Rashford helped lead with his platform, with his megaphone. Keep that part in mind, by the way. We'll get to that later in the list. Uh, the, the kind of platform and megaphone that athletes have. Marcus Rashford led this cause and got Parliament to make a U-turn on that decision, and they have reinstated uh, free school meals at schools for underprivileged children uh, throughout forever, for, for, the, for the foreseeable future, with some hundreds of millions of dollars or pounds or euros, whichever they're using, that they've committed to this program. So well done, and congrats to Marcus Rashford for making some good out of a bad situation, using his platform and the megaphone he's afforded as a professional athlete to get the deciders, as a former president would call them, to listen and say, okay, there is a, we shouldn't be doing it this way, and here's how we can do it better. Uh, well done, and, and bravo. Cheers to Marcus Rashford and uh, Parliament in the United Kingdom for doing the right thing. All right, from a good story to uh, sad, ridiculous, angry, Phil, anger-inducing story. Mike Gundy is a terrible football coach. Mike Gundy is a bad person. Mike Gundy is the head football coach of Oklahoma State. He is decidedly average in his wins and losses. His recruiting lags behind what it should, uh, given how much money T. Boom Pickens has poured into that program over the years. May he rest in peace. Uh, and yet they, they can't beat Oklahoma. They can't get over the hump there. And they f- consistently finish third, fourth, fifth in their league, if not worse, if not worse than that. Well, now Mike Gundy uh, has been photographed wearing an OAN T-shirt, which stands for One American Network, and this isn't a political podcast, but I will tell you from a somewhat journalistic standpoint that I have in my career, uh, One American Network is far from unbiased. <laughs> It is uh, very much in favor of the right. Uh, And by right, I mean the right wing uh, of how things go, not right versus wrong. And, you know, with the current climate and the things that are happening and the president refusing to say the phrase Black Lives Matter, that network supports the president more than maybe any other network. And there's a problem that now Mike Gundy has to deal with that his players specifically black players on his team, are mad that he's wearing a network shirt that, that will not say or, or talk about uh, the phrase Black Lives Matter and is consistently critical of the protests in that movement. Well, the, the nation's lead rusher uh, plays for Oklahoma State. Uh, and why is his name escaping me right now? Ch- Chubba Hubbard. Uh, he's the, he led the nation in rushing last year, and he called out 
uh, Mike Gundy and said that he would be boycotting all things Oklahoma State until he got an apology. Well, the two of them got together, put out a little video yesterday, and I wanted to play that for you and then give you a thought on it. Here's Mike Gundy and Chubba Hubbard. In light of today's tweet with the uh, T-shirt I was wearing, um, I uh, I've met with uh, some players and uh, realized it's a very sensitive issue with what's going on uh, in today's society. And so we had a great meeting and uh, made aware of some things that uh, players feel like that can make our organization or our culture even better than it is here at Oklahoma State. And I'm looking forward to making some changes, and it starts at the top with me, and we got good days ahead. I'll start off by first saying that I went, around, I went about it the wrong way by tweeting. I'm not someone that you know has to you know, tweet something to make change. I should have went to him as a man, and I'm, all, I'm more about action. So that was bad on my part. But from now on, we're going to focus on bringing change, and that's the most important thing. Right. Sounds like they've uh, agreed to talk and have dialogue. It sounds like Mike Gundy has agreed to change. But did you notice one guy apologized, the other did not? And the guy that apologized is Chubba Hubbard. And the guy that did not is Mike Gundy. And Chubba Hubbard owed no one an apology. Mike Gundy owed everybody on his team an apology. Didn't get one in that video, I would assume. Probably got one behind the cameras. Otherwise, Chubba Hubbard would not be... Uh, coming back to Oklahoma State for any reason. But they shared a handshake and a hug, and I hope everything moves forward. And I hope, as much as I dislike Mike Gundy, I hope he changes, and I hope he learns, and I hope that uh, he's educated in this matter and grows. And that's what I hope for myself and for all of us, and that's all the best we can – that's really the best we can do right now is to listen, be willing to learn and grow and evolve and uh, be better people and a better society because of it. All right, just two more stories here. Wanted to play uh, uh, another piece of sound. This from ESPN's Pardon the Interruption show with Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon. And the reason I wanted to play this is there's this growing movement amongst NBA players that if they play in Orlando, they might be detracting from the Black Lives Matter movement, which we were just talking about on on Stop 8 there. Uh, and, and Kyrie Irving's kind of leading the charge there, as is Dwight Howard and some other other players. And I couldn't disagree with that mindset more. I, I, I can't imagine a louder, bigger megaphone or microphone or spotlight or platform to have than to be one of the only sports being played at the time like the NBA will be in Orlando in July and August and September and October. Uh, this would be a perfect opportunity for somebody to further their uh, cause or their belief or their movement. This happens to be the Black Lives Matter movement, but at any time, any movement, any idea, any protest or any uh, reform or change that you want to bring attention to, when you're the only game in town, when you're the only microphone that's turned on, that's when you do it. That's when you capitalize and take advantage. That's why Colin Kaepernick protested the flag, is he was the only that drew attention. That's People lose sight of that. And I can't imagine a better opportunity for NBA players to further this cause and to more champion it better than, let's say, every all you got to do, all the rules say is you got to show up to, and do media when requested. They don't dictate what you say in that media session. So how about this? Play the games... 
Uh, and then when people ask you about the game, don't answer that question. Just give a stat uh, about Black Lives Matter or, or give a, a, a quote from uh, the, the movement that helps that movement further. Take advantage of that opportunity to talk about the movement and bring even more attention to it. Anyway, that's where I see it from. And I really appreciated these comments from Mike Wilbon because it seemed to line up with what I was thinking as well. Let us start with the NBA. Okay, over the weekend, the NBA Players Union, they spent the entire weekend talking about how to go forward. About 100 players were on a conference call, and they heard Kyrie Irving say to them, don't play. So the players are now trying to decide whether to restart the season or work for social reforms instead. Wilbon, what do you make of where the NBA stands right now? Tony, there's so much to cover here. I'm going to try to do this quickly. There are two different dynamics at play here. One is the bubble and concern people might have over that, over the coronavirus. Can they be kept safe? How legitimate is the plan for the bubble? Do they feel that that's adequate? There's that issue. And then there's the issue of whether or not people should be playing because of the protests in the aftermath of George Floyd. And Tony, just let me say this. If you got concerns about coronavirus, I, I understand that. People will have concerns. Some guys have voiced that. But for Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard to say, we, we don't want to work because we want to pay attention, that's your platform, gentlemen. You're not, you're not college professors. You're not musicians. You're not the heads of industry of science and technology. Everybody has a platform at a certain level. You are elite, skilled athletes with an enormous platform. Use it. If you don't use it, that would be shameful and irresponsible. Use it. You got a microphone every day. Pick up the mic and open your mouths. You can continue the dialogue. Charles Barkley said it best this morning on Get Up when he said, what are they talking about? Out of sight, out of mind. What are you, what are you saying? You're before the public on one of the two great international sports stages in the world, soccer and basketball. So what are you saying? We don't want to play. This is what you do to hold people captive. You've got to be that smart. And if you're not that smart, there are people surrounding you who are that smart. I know Austin Rivers and others get it. And so, Tony, I... I I, I must think there's still going to be a season they're still going to play. Coronavirus issues, the bubble, that's over here. I understand it. Yeah. We just don't want to play because we don't want to distract attention. What? That's insane reasoning. All right, final stop here on a top 10 Tuesday. Lamar Jackson is on the cover of Madden 21. And we talked about the curse a few weeks ago and, and how he doesn't seem to care about that. In fact, uh, he had a pretty funny comment about uh, he turned into Yogi Berra a little bit because they were talking about the Drake and Madden curse with Lamar Jackson. He said two negatives make a positive, <laughs> which I don't know. It's Yogi Berra math there, but it's pretty funny. But what I do like about uh, the Madden cover is it takes a little shot at the people who say he's a run only or run first quarterback because it's got Lamar Jackson, the MVP, on the cover, and it, and down in the right, one of the covers, I should say, and down in the right corner it says, not bad for a running back, which I think is just such a good shot to take at his detractors and to say, yeah, you think I'm just a runner? I'm the best in the league. Get in line behind me. I'm the MVP. Not bad for a running back, wink, wink, nod, nod. 
as I throw touchdowns over your head and rack up the yards through the air and with my legs on the ground. I love that stuff. I love good, clean, old-fashioned trash talk. And that's what that is right there. That's going to do it for a Top 10 Tuesday here on the EP Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with an acoustic Wednesday. Lots to talk about as well. So I'll see you then. I'm Austin Horton. Until then, until tomorrow, please be good to each other. Time now for the laugh of the day. <laughs> you know, my school was awesome, though, because we had... Um, Kids from all over the globe, kids from Korea, China, Africa. And I used to brag that I taught kids from Zambia because I thought that was cool. I taught two kids from Zambia named Lusungu and Tandizo Sabande. These names have not been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> Lusungu is an African word that means mercy of God. And Tandizo is an African word that means Thomas. <laughs> Miss Sabande came into my office one day and she burst in there just like, oh, Coach Simpson, I can't find my keys. Where are my keys? I can't leave in my car. Tell I find my keys. Where are my keys, Coach Simpson? Okay, time out. I realize talking with my southern accent, dressed the way I'm dressed, sounding the way I'm sounding, I don't come across as the wokest guy in this room. Okay, but I'm not implying that all women from the continent of Africa sound this way when they speak. That would be insensitive. I am not doing that. But I am doing a perfect impression of one woman from Zambia who I knew for 10 years and loved dearly. And you know what? I'm not even doing an impression of her. I'm not mocking her. I'm letting you know exactly what I heard in my brain, which sounded like this. Oh, Coach Simpson, I can't have my keys. Where are my keys? I can't have my car drove my keys. Where are my keys, Coach Simpson? Let me slow it down. Oh, Coach Simpson, where are my keys? I cannot leave in my car until I find my keys. Where are my keys, Coach Simpson? So I looked for this woman's keys for a half hour until Lucindo and Tandizo came running around the corner and she said, oh, here are my keys. Well, that would explain why she was looking at me like I was crazy <laughs> for a half hour <laughs> looking for her kids in desk drawers, <laughs> lockers, underneath bleachers. And picture me saying, you know, Miss Sabandi, I saw something near third period. Maybe the janitor got them. It is Friday. He probably locked him in his office for the weekend. <laughs> Unless he took him home with him, then I... In which case, you're probably never going to see him again. Surely you could just make another set. You know, and if you let me help you with that, it would take like five minutes at Walmart. Cost like $1.80. Miss Jackson needed my help like three times last semester. I used to lose mine all the time, Miss Sabande. So finally I just tied him to a string so I could swing him around and around and around. And then I just keep him tied to my belt. That's when I was fired, right? That's... 
That's when I was fired, right then. 